This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to transparency in the criminal court system, specifically with regards to publishing of court decisions, which is the subject of a new report calling for criminal court rulings to be made available online. To discuss the issue, we're joined by Oded Orin, the founder and executive director of Scrutinize, who previously worked as a trial attorney for the Bronx Defenders. Welcome to the show, Oded. Thank you so much, David, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. So what prompted your organization, along with reInvent Albany, to examine the publication of criminal trial court decisions? Scrutinize, the organization that I founded, um, focuses on advocacy around judicial accountability. And one of the ways we do that is by analyzing data. One of the important things when you're approaching accountability and advocacy through that lens is to have data. And the most important data that we have about how judges are ruling, what decisions they make, and what impacts they have on New Yorkers is through their decisions. And so when we turn to look at those decisions, we learned that only a small percentage of them are publicly available, and therefore our ability to access them and to use them for analysis and for advocacy was hampered. Well, yeah. So when you turn to doing a comprehensive review of of this issue, what did you find in terms of the rate or amount of decisions that are actually being published each year? To be honest, I approached this issue with some anecdotal knowledge because for seven years I was a public defender in the Bronx and I've received hundreds, if not thousands of decisions, written decisions from judges And yet, if you look and uh, you search for decisions with my name listed as one of the attorneys, you will see that only five of them have been actually made publicly available. And so when I, I started thinking about using decisions as data, I realized that there was a huge gap. And the aim of the report was to try and quantify how big that gap is, to try to estimate it. Um, with some data rather than just my anecdotal evidence. Well, what sort of trends then uh, emerged? Did you actually come away with a a broader sense of what's happening, or were you only able to kind of secure that sort of anecdotal individual perspective? So, yes, we were able to estimate what that gap was, and we found that between 94 and 99.5% percent of written decisions issued by criminal courts in New York are not made publicly available. That means that at most, 6% of the decisions are actually accessible to the public. The rest of them, even though they're written, even though they are given to parties in criminal cases, are not available for the public to access through the internet. If you wanted to look at them, you would have to go to that specific court, ask for a specific case, look through that physical file, make a copy of that written decision in the file, and only then will you be able to see it. We also found that the publication trends across different individual judges varies considerably. So we found that in the 12 years of data that we were looking at, 20 judges, which are 3% of the judges who published decisions in those 12 years, Those 20 judges were responsible for 28% of all the published decisions. 
And we also found that on average, judges publish only two to three decisions a year. So publishing two to three decisions a year means that you are not publishing a, a huge amount of, of decisions. Is this lack of publication the result of a lack of a mandate or, or responsibility for judges to publicize their decisions? Are they skirting some existing rules and regulations that are on the books? Or is there some other reason why this is the dynamic that we're seeing? The law right now is that it's a law that was passed in 1938, and it requires all judges to send their decisions to the state reporter, which is a body within the court system that is responsible for making publicly available their decisions. And so the law, as it's written, says that all judges have to send all of their decisions there and that the state reporter then can choose whether to make those decisions public or not. What we found is that in practice, this law is just never enforced and judges do not follow it. So most judges just do not send their decisions to the state reporter. When they do send their decisions to the state reporter, they are published. We're unable to say why judges do not choose to send all of their decisions um, to, the, to the state reporter. It has to do, we assume, with some combination of workload and desire to make public only their most novel or comprehensive decisions, and possibly with a desire to um, avoid some level of scrutiny, especially with decisions that might lead to negative media coverage. So is this requirement or or really lack of requirement unique to the criminal court system and the lack of publications or are other branches of the court system and other uh, court offices also terrible at publicizing their work? So we looked at uh, several other jurisdictions and generally New York is not alone in failing to make public the criminal court decisions that its judges are writing. Uh, We saw that across other jurisdictions, including liberal jurisdictions like New Jersey and California. The best comparison, I think, is with the federal system, where in federal courts, the vast majority of decisions become publicly available through an online system with the limitation that if you are not a party to that case, to that litigation, you have to pay to access those decisions. So here New York has an opportunity to become a leader in transparency in its courts uh, by making all of these decisions publicly available, not only matching the federal system in its transparency, but even going one step farther and making those decisions available for free. So when we began our conversation, you made the case that this transparency issue is important because it means you have access to data and you can have a better sense of what the court system is doing. If we're talking, though, about thousands of cases each year, how do you go about turning these decisions into useful data? Because these are 
written rulings and not necessarily data that converts, say, easily into an Excel spreadsheet. So how do you go about making use of this if you were to get all the decisions published uh, online? Yes. So uh, to convert decisions into data, what you need to do is write an algorithm that takes out information from those decisions and codifies that into a data set that can then be analyzed and quantified. And do you have that type of algorithm or is that something that's still in the works? Um, I have some algorithms like that, yes. So putting aside the idea of this information being used for research purposes, if I'm a general listener listening to this interview right now, scratching my head about why I should care about access to these rulings, what would you say to them? I think these decisions are critical for New Yorkers. Um, The most important thing to realize is that judges in New York are not awarded life tenure. Every so often they have to be either reappointed or reelected to the bench. And so in a system like this, it is very important that decision makers, whether it's the governor who's reappointing people to the bench or the public when they're reelecting a judge to the bench, it's important that they have information about what that judge did on the bench, how they ruled, how they analyzed the law, and what were the impacts of those decisions. Um, you know, we, we see what our representatives in government do. We know how our senators or assembly members vote. We know what laws the governor chooses uh, to sign into law. We don't have that kind of information about the decision-making process of our judges. And so making these decisions publicly available will allow New Yorkers, decision-makers to be more informed about who they are reappointing and reelecting. I will mention that there is also an important window here into how courts operate when they are implementing new legislation. So for example, when New York passed discovery and bail reform in 2020, the first judges to be looking at these these laws and implementing them were judges in criminal courts across the state. They analyzed the law, they applied it to facts, and they wrote decisions that essentially interpreted the law and applied it to facts and issued decisions. And so if we want to see as the public or as the New York legislator, if we want to see how a law is implemented, whether the court system is doing a good job implementing the law, we need to see how judges are deciding issues that arise under the law in their decisions. Right now, without access to so many decisions, that is simply not possible. Well, finally, when you think about system that should be in place, what does access look like? Should we be able to get every case easily online? Should there be some sort of barrier to access? Should judges have additional resources to publicize their decisions? What should be in store for the future? We are very fortunate in New York that we already have a system that makes publicly available some of the decisions the judges write. 
The system is an online database that is accessible to the public and judges can publish their decisions there by sending an email with a decision as an attachment to the state reporter. What we are recommending is to expand this database so that all of the decisions that are written by criminal court judges appear there, and that necessitates the judges send those decisions there. Um, of course, this kind of expansion will cost some money, both in terms of the technology involved and in terms of human resources in the court system. But we think it's manageable and it's not expensive. And Senate Deputy Leader Janaris agrees with us and is introducing uh, a bill to codify our recommendations into law. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Oded Orin. He is the founder and executive director of Scrutinize. Oded, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.